You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome everybody to the Wednesday warm-up on This Is Ibrox. Today I'm joined by a couple of guests as always. Uh, very jealous of Ross because he got to go to the game last night. How are you today, Ross? I'm all good, Kyle. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here again and, and talk about Rangers. That's it. And uh, Reese, I think you were there last night as well, were you? No, I was working. I was supposed to be at it, but ah. I couldn't get the shift swapped. So I, I, I caught the second half though, to be fair. That's fair. You're you're a bit like myself. I, I was working, so couldn't couldn't make the game, but managed to catch most of it. But uh, as always, there's loads to talk about today. Um, obviously, Rangers played Newcastle in their first preseason friendly. We'll get into that. I know it's the caveat of it's a preseason friendly, and you can't get you know dig into it too deeply. But we are all Rangers supporters, and and that's what we do. So we'll, we'll give it a bash. Um, Discuss a lot of individual performances, some good, some bad. We'll discuss the B team and the academy graduates that come on. Um, I want to discuss uh, getting get Ross's thoughts in particular about this, about the move from the the Brimlone Collective and the and the Union Bears to down to the front, uh, the Copeland front. Um, we also have um, the guys yesterday managed to catch Bill's press conference. I know the the lights went out at Ibrooks, Ross. So um, I'll give you your soapbox to get on and, and wax lyrical about about Nico Raskin at some point in the podcast because I know you were disappointed not to get that opportunity yesterday. And we'll go on to talk about some of the injury updates that Michael Bill has provided us, and we'll look maybe look a wee bit ahead at the at the Hamburg game at the weekend. But first of all, we will begin with an on this day as always. And on this day, Reese, I'll start with you. Um, uh, it's weird because you were talking about this recently as well in terms of this St. Joseph's, but in 2019, Rangers played St. Joseph's of Gibraltar away in the second leg of the first qualification round of the Europa League. Rangers ran out 6-0 winners with uh, an Alfie hat-trick, a Defoe double and an Aribo goal. Um, do you have any memories of that game in particular or just these, like, just, I don't know, pumping random teams that you've never heard of before in, like, the first round of these Europa League. I love these games because it was the summer and you got to watch Rangers, you know, playing well against somebody um, and start with your mates. Well, what's your memories of this game? I it was, it's a bit like when we played that German team the other day and you've never heard of them in your life, but you're going, oh, well, we beat them. Or we played someone. But um, I remember the full Gibraltar, now St. Joseph's team, coming into my work in like these full Joma tracksuits, like the full club gear with their like wee man bags and all that, their toiletries, almost as if they were going to Ibrooks and just kind of being like, who is that? And then reading one of the badges and it was them. I was like, we're playing them tomorrow, what are they doing in here? But <laughs> I, they were like, it honestly looked like a Sunday league team just kind of rocking up at Ibrooks, but I well and truly got rid of them and then moved on to bigger and better things and I think it was one of the performances that kind of established a bit of, right, we're not messing about in Europe under Gerard. 
That was it, exactly. As I said, I absolutely love these games because it was just a, a chance. You know, Rangers were back before virtually every other team in the whole of Scotland playing a competitive game and said, you got to, I always just remember it being, you know, sunny whenever these early stage European qualifiers are on. So, some more positive than others, but at least, um, at least that was a 10-0 aggregate win um, overall. And uh, Ross, the next um, on this day for you is in 2011, Rangers played a friendly against Blackpool. I must say it's it's not a particular friendly that stood out or, or one that I could I could remember from my way back when. But um, it was a game that Stephen Davis scored both goals for Rangers af- not long after penning a five-year deal at Ibrox. Uh, as I said to you before we came live, and not to destroy any of the behind-the-scenes magic for, for any of the viewers or listeners out there, but um, I basically just brought this up just so we can talk about Stephen Davis, who is, is, is still at the club. Well, yeah, I think it's funny you, you've let everyone know about that now because my memory is shocking, <laughs> right? So I've had a wee Google there of, of that game, that 2-0 game, and I've had a wee look at the lineups, and it's really interesting to see some of the players... Uh, you know, guys like Ortiz were playing that day, Kurt Broadfoot. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting lineup. And uh, I read a bit of the article there and said that Rangers dominated the game, so that's what we like to hear. But yeah, yes, I think there was also the narrative that Barry Ferguson was close to joining Blackpool at that point and he was in yeah. the stands and things like that. So that it's quite cool looking back at these things now. Stephen Davis loved Stephen Davis in his first spell, loved yep. him. Um, and I think what. I always say about Stephen Davis and, and shows how good a player he is. His first spell to his second spell in terms of the type of player he was is completely different. You know, I remember on the under Watersmith, a, a very attacking-minded midfielder. I think he played off the right quite a lot as well. Yeah. And that ability to burst into the box and get goals. <laughs> his second spell was so different. You know, he came in as that kind of modern style number six, sat in front of the back four. And I think the when he Came back in that second spell, the first few games, it was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. You know, it doesn't really yeah. up to it anymore. And then as time went on, you just seen how good a player Stephen Davis has been over his career. And it's why he's played at such a high level outside the Rangers, you know, and with Southampton and taking them to a record finish in the Premier League. So, yeah, as a great player for Rangers, Stephen Davis, I would absolutely love, probably, is a bit controversial because I think we want this squad to move on. But I would absolutely love to see him come back from injury this season and maybe just sign a short-term deal and just help us out this season if it comes to the later part. That's controversial, I know. Um, I just think the way it ended for Stephen Davis, I feel sorry for him. So I'd love to see him in the Rangers shirt again and, you know, get very much like Alan McGregor last night, get the praise and recognition he deserves. But yeah, Kyle, overall, great player Stephen Davis for Rangers. That's it. Paul McGarrigal here says, Davis is a true professional. I actually think he was better the second time round Rolls-Royce of a player. Can't, it's really hard to, to disagree with that one. Um, I think I've, it's well known on this that I Stephen Davis is, is one of my, if not my, my all-time favourite Rangers player. Just absolutely love the guy and I will bring up every Wednesday if there's an on this day and it's about Stephen Davis, you can guarantee it's getting brought up. Um and Caroline's mentioned it here as well. I love Stephen Davis' overhead kick goal against them, and that was on my birthday, which made it even better. Oh, Arguably yeah, the best yeah. birthday present I've ever had in my life. Um, but... You're putting a Stephen Davis above Barry Ferguson, Kyle? <sighs> oh. Yes. I'm going to see that. Yeah. I think oh, so. Well, interesting. <laughs> And uh, yeah. listen, I've just I've just brought an absolute uh, <laughs> expletive of storm of comments towards me there, but it's a, it's a podcast that's all about opinions, and and for me, uh, I if, yeah, listen, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about another Rangers legend. But Reese, I'll, I'll come to you first on this last night. Um, obviously, uh, it was a sellout at Ibrox for Alan McGregor's testimonial. It was a such a fantastic fitting occasion. Talk to me about the occasion. Talk to me a bit about about Alan McGregor as well, and because I think you're certainly in the same the same bracket as us. Was uh, he's well for me? He's really the only Rangers goalkeeper that, that I've known, and and again, it's another debate. You know, Gorham McGregor, but for me, McGregor is is the Rangers goalkeeper. Um, it was a fitting tribute last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, just for the sake of transparency with viewers, I was born at the start of the millennium, so. He honestly is probably the only keeper I've ever known. Maybe reaching the end of Stefan Kloss's career. But other than that, growing up, certainly if you follow Rangers, it's just always been Alan McGregor. 
fortunate enough to meet him once and he's just like he's just such a quiet guy <laughs> I was desperate for a speech off him last night I'm watching it going right lap of honour right come into the middle come into the middle where are you going where are you going don't get in that tunnel where are you going yeah. and he's just so he's just such a humble guy but I think there's a bit of a narrative about him like mm-hmm. when you see him on the park I would honestly like go and watch Alan McGregor play for some Sunday league team because I would just be watching him he's constantly always in the refs here always on somebody's back I'm surprised Borna Barisic hasn't like accused him of bullying him or something <laughs> every time he's like he'll purposely come to like the edges box just to point and scream at Borna <laughs> um, does it with everybody he's brilliant but I think behind the scenes as you've seen with some of the uh, videos that the Rangers posted during the week a great guy gets on with everybody knows everybody and it's one of the ones a bit like Ross says you want him to be there you just want him to stick around but obviously footballing wise and ability wise he's probably not at the level we need now but you just kind of wish like he could be a coach or something or somebody just to be there to shout at people yeah that's it I I think for for what it's worth I think that that's if he he does go on to do anything it will be within a coaching role and uh, God help whoever the the poor young goalkeepers are that they will be taken under his his tutelage if he does decide to go into that Um, but listen Reese touched on it there it was a fantastic atmosphere for 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 a legend, it's it's a word I don't like using, but for Alan McGregor, I, I, he is a legend of the club. Um, something about different, Ross. You and I were at the um, the fans forum where James Bisgrove announced that they were going to be trialing this um, new thing within the stadium. You know, it's a discussion that's been going on. The the Union Bears, the the second section of the uh, within the stadium, wanted moved, wanted somewhere a bit more central where they could be a bit more vocal. Yesterday was the first time we saw that. The Union Bears Broomland Collective have been shifted to the Copeland front. Uh, they had that fantastic TIFO of Alan McGregor before the game. I think we've, <laughs> we've all seen that that picture. It's, it's such a good picture. I don't know. I don't know how enamoured he is by it. But um, yeah, did you feel that, that that helped yesterday? Do you think it made a difference? Do you think? And the other question I've got with that is: Is it? Do you think having the the eight thousand supporters of of Newcastle uh, made a difference as well? Well, it's certainly a move I'd like to see the club take in some capacity. Where in the stadium they move them to, whether it's Broomland, Copeland, I'm not sure, but it's something you see in most, um, you know, kind of top European sides. They they have a singing section in their stadium, and it's to try and <clears throat> really facilitate the atmosphere. And it's something I'd like to see. I'll be honest with you, where I sat last night in the Gantry, I was very, very close to the Newcastle fans, and there was eight thousand of them, and they were very, very loud, right? <laughs> and that's credit to that's credit to the Newcastle United fans. They really brought a, a great travel and support up, which is fantastic for Alan McGregor. I think he showed his appreciation at the end of the game by clapping them and things like that. And a lot of the Newcastle United fans stayed behind as well to clap Alan McGregor, which is a nice touch. Don't have to do that. Um, so my my understanding of it or what I really felt last night, probably I'm not in the best position to say. I, I, I could definitely feel the kind of the, the vibrancy from that end, um, but I'm just not sure... I'm the best person to gauge it because Newcastle were so loud last night, but it's certainly something I want to see the club continue with. I wouldn't like the club to, you know, try it this one game and Newcastle fans have been so great in the stadium that they think, oh, it's not really made the difference, so we'll just move them back. No, I think this is something they need to keep going with, really try and experiment with this. Ultimately, if it creates a better atmosphere in the stadium for Rangers... It really does help the players. I, t- I talk about this all the time. The players talk about it after every big game, European nights, old firms. They always talk about how much of a difference the atmosphere makes for them. And I think sometimes we all turn up at Ibox with that kind of uh, expectation of winning the game. And sometimes you can feel the atmosphere is maybe a wee bit flatter than usual. So I'd love to be able to, as fans, we all come together and we really try and create that atmosphere as much as possible to really, really help these players if that a move like that last night can can do that, then I'm absolutely all for it, and I'd like to see the club continue to definitely experiment with this, uh, especially through pre-season, definitely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's dead interesting. I said um, you bring that up there. I've had 
you know, I don't know people know on here, but I have links to Newcastle through through my family, and there's a couple of people that are my family that are Newcastle season ticket holders, and and I, like I, I I like Newcastle as a club, and it was really impressive to see to see them traveling up in their numbers, and as you said, stay behind and show the respect to Alan McGregor. But that was I've had the feedback that it, it was quite good in terms of having you know our vocal support directly opposing them and it was about a back and forth at times and that did generate an atmosphere and and they said that the atmosphere was 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 brilliant but you know we wish we wish Ibrox is like that all the time but it's not it's not often you're going to get an Alan McGregor uh, testimonial every week but yeah as you said there from from the opposition fans all the feedback I've heard is that no trouble you know everybody mixing within uh, everybody and, and having a good time but yeah it'll be really interesting to see um, where the I think they're planning and moving them slightly the next time I'm not sure where exactly to um, but it'll be fascinating that'll be the Hamburg game so I'm sure we'll report back to you and see if that has made any difference here but let's talk about some of the football Reese um yesterday we'll get to some of the individual performances anyway I, as I said I'll, I'll put a massive caveat in here as preseason we won't get carried away because last year um when we played West Ham uh, with Rabi Matondo I thought we were going to win in the Champions League with with uh, that guy and his performance in that game but uh, the the player that I want to talk about um, first is Abdullah Sima uh, I was quite impressed by him he started off centrally Reese I wasn't actually expecting that just by all accounts in terms of you know having seen him play for Slavia and and, and all the scouting reports and uh, that we've read and seen and, and all the discussions we've had on this is Ibrooks. I thought he'd be out wide but he seemed to be spearheading that attack last night what did you make of of Abdullah Sima's uh, first appearance in a Rangers jersey yesterday yeah he looked good he looked I was surprised to see him up front as well actually I thought possibly he would be on the wing but by all accounts, he played well. He kind of linked play up better with those around him and just kind of brought others into the game. But there is part of me that hopes that it's not just he scored that header in a friendly and Bills went, oh, stick him. Why? He's a striker. He scores goals. But um, I, th- I think Seymour will be a great player this season. I think there is a lot of potential in him. We all talk about the likes of Brighton and hold them up to highest echelons and well, I, I don't even know if that's a phrase. I might have butchered that there. <laughs> but we hold them in the highest regard. But yeah, yeah. And then we get a player on one for Brighton. And it's, ah, oh, he's obviously failed down there. And could just be David Weir on the phone. And he said, you know what? He's not quite ready for us. Take him on loan for you and see how he does. So there's been a lot made out of loan signs and that. But if he comes in, wins us the league and then moves on, I'll be quite happy. And he certainly looked like he's got quite a bit about him last night. Yeah, that's it. It's um, I, I agree with you. He did. He looked physical, and, and and I don't think he'll have any problem coming against the, up against some of the what we say the the jobbers in the league. Um, Ross, I'll ask you the exact same question. I, I was quite impressed by by the, the the amount of running that he did, and and he seemed to be you know chasing balls down and and was quite physical. How did how did you feel Abdullah Sima uh, played yesterday? Yeah, I think it, I may have said this in the podcast last night. I get caught up a wee bit in it last night watching the <laughs> team. I was <clears throat> I was sitting next to to Craig and and I just said I, I just think this boy's going to absolutely smash it up here because technically he looks really good, uh, but physically he looks like he can match anyone. You know, he was really up for it last night as well. He was throwing himself in there. I think there was one point where him and Tenali came together. Yeah. It's quite funny looking at Sandro Tonali because I've always felt he's quite a small player when I've watched him in the Champions <laughs> League and things like that. But he was massive. Yeah. So it's it's always really interesting seeing Premier League sides. You think they're smaller than they are. Like even Miguel uh, Almiron last night, I expected him to be tiny. He's pretty big. So he was really in about it last night. I thought that was a really good sign because obviously that is the way the SPFL defenders are going to try and deal, deal with Abdel Asima. They're going to try and be really physical. Mm-hmm. And if he can match that, I really back him to beat him with the, the you know the technical side, his speed, um, and he just has that stature to be able to play on the last line for us. I'm not sure he, he plays as a number nine for us in the season. I think he you've seen it last night the way we started. Anyway, it was it was actually a two behind the number nine. So Seema played up yeah. front, and it was Lammers and Camwell behind. I think he might drop one back. And I think Campbell will then drop one back and you'll see like a Dessers or a Daniel coming up front. So he might not play that role again, but he definitely has the skill set to be an outlet for us. You know, you noticed that a lot last night, early on in the game, Rangers were trying to go long 
they were trying to feed him in behind. They were trying to make him run second balls, things like that. There's two sides of that. Rangers are being pressed aggressively by Newcastle, and that's the only way out they have. Um, but there's also the side of you have someone up there that can compete physically and he can drag you up the park. And I think as Rangers fans, we always enjoy that part of it because we've had Alfredo Morelos for four or five, six years and that was his game completely. It was all about physicality and it was all about battling whoever he was up against. So if we have another kind of striker or a forward player that's going to be like that, I think we're instantly going to take to them. And I think we've seen that last night with Abdallah Sima. So I think he's going to be great for us, honestly. And I know that I always read this phrase online, don't fall in love with a lone player. Well, I'm struggling at the moment because <laughs> he, he definitely looked someone that you could definitely pin your hopes on this season that probably sounds a wee bit premature it's one game right but yeah. it's just he's not the only player last night you're looking at and you can see small signs of why the club have brought them in and I think that's really good to see that early because like I always say it gives you something to buy into it builds confidence and that's good for the fans and it's good for the club yeah and that that's exactly I mean I, I, I agree with you there in terms of I think he will probably drop one back in and that's maybe something we'll come on to later on in terms of the formation. And I know, I know that we kind of joked about it a couple of weeks ago, Reese, in terms of the the two wide tens, so to speak. But I think that's very much what we got yesterday. But uh, somebody who I think will be a partner in Sima in those wide tens, and I'll stick with you here, Ross, was um, was Big Sam Lammers. Uh, he was playing out wide initially in that first half. Again, he was one he got shifted to a bit more of a of a central role, but. He had quite a few good touches. He had quite a few good passes. And, you know, it's a lot of what we've seen in training. It's, it, it, we've heard a lot of people talk about his technique and he's one of the more technical players at the club. But he was another one that I was very impressed with yesterday. Yeah, a lot of early signs in the game from Sam Lammers, like kind of flicks around the corner and the corners and things like that. And he was looking to play really quickly in transition. I think that's a good sign as well. What impressed me about Sam Lammers was very good both sides. Um, and I think that's something we've been looking for on that right-hand side. We've been crying out for a player that could fill that kind of, I was going to use that half-space term there, but I can imagine people going, oh, God, don't talk about that. Anyway, that, right, that right-hand that right side of the of the park, we've always needed someone, I think, in there. And I think we've got someone now that can go either way, and that's a really good resource for us, I think. So, again, getting a goal as well, just to start, really good. We all know the... The question marks around Sam Lammers when he was brought in for the fee, especially the fee brought in, it was very much this boy doesn't score goals. Well, getting a goal last night, uh, I know it's only a pre-season friendly. It's a tough opposition in Newcastle, good players throughout the squad. That'll give him confidence. It's really good to see. But yeah, overall, Kyle, I, I'm really impressed by Sam Lammers as well. I've seen a lot of the trading clips. He looks really tidy. Um, and it didn't surprise me that he started the game last night, I think. This is definitely one of the guys that Michael Beale's going to rely on this season. He went from very early. He was linked very early when the transfer window opened. So I think we're going to have to get used to, to seeing Sam Lammers line up for Rangers in most games. And I think it's a positive for us because he definitely looks technically probably another level up from what we've had. I mean, if you compare him to the likes of Fashion Sakala, it's, it's night and day. Of course, Fashion Sakala has other strengths. I'm not is a, a bad footballer but you can mm -hmm. see the difference there and I think that's what Michael Beale's going for he wants that front three to be very dynamic uh, very technical ability to you know the, the fluid fluidity between them should I say to be really strong and I think Sam Lammers is really going to suit that Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, that's it. Again, it's hard to disagree with a lot of what you've said there because he does look like a big, solid technical player who's really good with the ball at his feet and, and, and direct. And as you said, that it's something we've been crying out for for, for a long time, somebody who's competent on that right-hand side. Um, let's talk about his, his, his goal, Reese. It's something that I feel Rangers have been working on for a wee while here. I feel like we saw a wee bit of it, you know, towards the sort of tail end of GDB and certainly when, when Beal came back. It's this pressing when the when the opposition defence have the ball. Um 
I thought that we capitalised really well on it. I, I, it was only when I think Ross and I were discussing the the thumbnail image for tonight, and I actually realised it was Gumarish that he put on his arse, which is 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 no mean feat. So, um, what do you think about his goal? How he got it, and then it, it was a very composed finish. Yeah, he done well finishing it, just going through one on one, putting the ball in the back of the net. I, it's one of those ones. If you free, if you were to look at a freeze frame of it, you'd expect them to score. But so many don't. Like and we've certainly seen quite a few of it. But I think the pressing is probably a, a slight tweak that Bill's definitely brought in. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense because last year we all heard about Celtic this and that, you know, they their pressing's so intense, this other thing. But like how good they start. We actually had more like we had better pressing numbers, it's just that the shots we were getting from them weren't leading to goals. We had more presses ending in shots, but we didn't have more presses ending in goals. And if Lammers can be that slight difference and that upgrade for last year that turns when we win the ball high up the park, the high turnovers, into shots, into goals, we'll be far better off for it. That's it. I said it's somebody that I feel like we did get a few goals like that last season. That Tillman one in the Champions League in particular, where he was pressing and he, and he nicked the ball and he flicked it in for Antonio Cholak. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that hopefully we will see a bit more in our game, and especially if we're if we're not playing traditional wingers, we've we've got to be using that going through the middle to to create some of those chances as well. Um, the next player, Reese, and I'll, I'll stick with you in this one. Um, I, lot of negativity as I said at the start of the podcast there'll be some good some bad and and it's um I want to talk about Borna Barisic here in particular um he was getting quite a lot of negative comments yesterday obviously there's been a wee bit of noise around him linking him with a a move to Nottingham Forest um how again I don't know if that's just lazy journalism because is the previous director of football that he worked under Ross Wilson is is down there as well, but I mean, what did you make of of his performance last night? And do you think he was playing like a guy that, that that's got a future at Rangers? Yeah, I think I don't think there was much noteworthy about his performance. Um, I actually missed the start of that, Kyle. Who was it that's linked to Forest? Uh, Boris. Oh, that's not even a rumor I'd seen. I'd seen he was linked away, but it's certainly not Forest. Um. It, Wilson could just be an admirer of him. Played very well for the majority of the time period Ross Wilson was up here. And it wouldn't surprise me that he's gone down there. I see they've already impl- implemented My Forest as a sort of like B-Tech version of My Gels. Yeah. So it could just be that Wilson's going down and going, look, look at what I can bring and just copy and paste and stuff. If he wants to take the likes of Scott Wright and stuff for highly inflated fees rather than a 500 grand move to Turkey, then I'm all for it. But I I noticed this at the end of last season. The last home game of last season when you had Morelos and Ken and I think McGregor and that all going over to the Union Bears, almost getting their send-off in the last competitive game they played. Yeah. Barisic got one as well. Barisic was going over and like applauding them and that and like waving, he didn't get emotional from what I could tell for the other side of the pitch, but he certainly went over, got his songs done and stuff like that. But that kind of concerned me because as much as Red Vans look promising, there's just something about him. I don't think he's got that power. I think he's got all the intent in the world, but whether it be whipping balls into the box, whether it's physical power, it just seems to be a bit lacking there. Yeah, yeah, there is something as as well. I think it was just even further heightened when 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 Yelmaz came on and he had a couple of good chances forward and and even though he's about half the size of Borna Barisic, he was still getting stuck in and about it a wee bit more than I than I felt that he was. But Rosso, before we go on and I'll, and I'll ask you individually on on a couple more players, but how do you think that, that Barisic played last night? I, I thought he really struggled in the first half. I, I don't know if that's necessarily just down to Borna Barisic as a footballer. I think there was a couple of things. I think Newcastle started the game really, really well, which I found quite interesting because I think leading into the game, we were hearing that they were maybe a week behind in preparation. Yeah. But wow, they came out aggressive, like really up for it. 
Um, of course, they played a really strong team. So maybe maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that, but they were really high up the park and they were looking when they got into the final third, they were looking to play on that on their right-hand side quite a lot and, you know, Barisic is in that area. And every time he got possession, they were just on him straight away. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily because they're targeting him or anything. It's maybe just that's their style and they're going to press you aggressively. And he just struggled. And I think the, the majority of the time, Barisic wants to move the ball onto his left foot to make the clearance or to play down the line. And you could listen, you're playing against high level opposition here. They're not going to let you turn onto your favorite foot if they can prevent it. And I think he just really struggled. And he got caught at least two or three times in that opening 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. I think he ends up giving the ball away for the goal. I know it, the play moves on quite a bit, but I think it's him that gets, you know, pickpocketed in that in that area of the park. So I thought he really struggled. To be honest, and I know it's only a preseason friendly, but I can understand the the fans maybe not feeling the best about Barisic after watching them last night. I think there is this growing kind of frustration with the left back position at Rangers that we have someone like Ridvan sitting there, and you've seen at the end of last season that he had a pretty good run in the side, and I think people just want to see more of that. So mm-hmm. Borna Barisic playing, he can't really win. That, this is why I feel sorry for him sometimes. I think I've said this before. If Bora Barisic plays well, it's always like, oh, well, you know, he, he'll, he'll no turn up in the next game. or yeah. and, then if he, and then if he doesn't play well, he gets absolutely hammered. So I think he's at that stage of his Rangers career that it's going to be very, very difficult for him to change the perception. And I think that, that comes for us all and it applies to us all. He maybe wasn't as bad as I think he was last night, but I think just the overall perception of Bonifat Barisic just, just just doesn't help him. So if he ends up losing the ball in situations where he where he shouldn't, he just gets hammered more than anyone else. And that's really unfortunate for him. So yeah, look, he could have done a lot better in that first half. I'm going to not hold it against him too much. Yeah. First game of preseason, you're also up against Premier League opposition and you're yeah. talking about a top four Premier League opposition. So these guys are these guys are so well drilled when it comes to pressing. You look at Rangers pressing last night. We think we're like, oh, that that's pretty good in that second half. Watch Newcastle in that first half against us. It was yeah. a, it was a bit of a canter. Let's be honest. They were popping the ball about. They were stretching Rangers. If they lost possession, they were on them straight away in packs. That's what we need to to try and strive for. Um, and I think that was a really good test for everyone last night involved with Rangers. And I think it shows Borna Barisic that. He has another level to get to if he if he aspires to play in the Premier League. We've seen these links with Nottingham Forest. He's going to find it tough uh, yeah. if he moves down to Nottingham Forest to get yeah. to that level. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting moment, born. I do feel sorry for him sometimes, Kill, but I think it is what it is at this stage. Yeah, I, it's one of those ones where I, I wouldn't be too fussed, I think, if he left. I, I've been saying it for a wee while now. If we can get any sort of money in for him, um, and 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 keep going on with this player trading model, and he just just the way he was playing last night, it just it just struck me as a guy that didn't really, I don't want to say didn't want to be there, but I, I just got that that impression off him, and, and as you said, it, it's really difficult to to shake off that. He's been given that not not a coward, but he's been he's been found wanting in a couple of high profile games, and once you've got that tag, it, it, it's almost impossible to 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 shift it off. But but Reese, the next player I want to come on and talk about, and and I'm dead keen on and getting your thoughts on this guy because I know um there was a bit of a a bit of a chat in the in the group chat yesterday about it and um but it was it was Jack Butland obviously he came on uh, in 37 minutes for Al McGregor who got a rapturous applause and um yeah I'm just gonna ask you what what did you make a, of his performance yesterday Reese? See I don't think he'd done anything particularly bad. Um it, it's one of those performances that Goalkeepers get very few moments in a game to make any sort of contribution to it. But I just thought, like, for so much being made out of we need a goalkeeper in and we need somebody good with the ball at his feet and distribution is really important, comfortable on the ball. I think there was genuinely one pass I seen Jack Butlin land that second half. The rest of the time it was like, I, I seen him deliberately, like, beat his chest a few times and then just launch a ball to Abdelassima who had to drop five yards to come and try and meet the header and hope it fell to one of the tens. And there was one where he, he chipped a ball to Haji and Haji done, he had a few decent turns and played a wee one-two, got us out of a tight space. 
but I don't know. I, I need a bit of convincing me, but on I think the header, there's a lot being made of the header that it was a cracking header and stuff, but it's not one that's like rebounded straight at him for five yards. He's kind of mm-hmm. had time to see it in the air. Whether or not he's thought it's going over the bar or something is another matter, but aye, I, I, I don't know. I've always had my. I've got questions over the mental aspect of it. I spoke quite a lot about the psychological demands of playing for Stoke. And I remember <laughs> watching it thinking, you think that's hard, right? <laughs> We're in for a treat here. But um, saying that, watch him go and be incredible. Um, he could be league's player of the year this season. He's one of the guys. He's definitely got all the ability in the world. And as Ross caveated earlier, it's one game, so... I'll wait and develop a bigger sample size of him before passing any judgment, but it was the passing last night. I just thought, I don't know if McCrory's maybe better on the ball. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting one. It's You know, I, it was after you'd sort of said it, and, and again, I'd, I've watched bits and bobs of the game back today, and, and I agree with you. I, he was hitting it just into to areas rather than two players, if you know what I mean, and often, again... I suppose we do need to take into consideration the fact that we were playing Newcastle. It was a pre-season friendly. They were very quick, very sharp. Their reading of the game was excellent, by the way. It was first class at times. So I don't know if that was maybe just taken into it as well. But um, in terms of the goal, well, it's difficult as well. It's early. Looking back at it, if he'd have, take, if he'd have been a yard further forward, maybe could have you know, put the boy off that the headed it. If he'd have been a, yard, a couple of yards further back, could he maybe got it? I don't know. It was a very good finish. I think it's I think it's a great head. I think it's a great header, honestly. I think it's a great header. I think you're always you know it's always fair to to look at both sides of a goal, right? You can always say that the defense can do better. And that's totally fair. I just think that one was a really, really good header. Like from my Mm -hmm. angle, it's it's looked right over. And when I was in the ground last night, I actually haven't watched the highlights back, so maybe I'm I'm speaking out of turn here, but it just looked a really good finish. It looks like he's looked, it looked the ball over Jack Jack Butland really, really well. So we might be being a bit harsh, but maybe I need to go watch it back and, and then I'll come back and tell Reese he was right. So maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> you know, Ross, there's been a few people say that as well. So I'd more lean towards the fact that you're probably right. But um, <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think just for that interview, I've had something in the back of my head that's kind of about this be niggling doubt, so I'm going to overanalyze stuff, but <laughs> aye. It probably, in all truth, was a great header, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it, it, I don't think something like that will happen again, but well, we'll find out. Um, look, Reese, I'll, I'll stick with you in terms of this. The next player I want to talk about is Kieran Dow. Um, he was a third debutant that was uh, playing yesterday. I felt he was maybe a wee bit frustrated at times in his performance, but weird seeing somebody else wearing the wearing the number twenty, especially especially a midfielder. But he kept at it. You can clearly see what he's having the team to do, playing a bit deep, and and, and I quite like the fact that he was leaving bodies left, right, and centre, albeit a preseason friendly and show showing little respect to the opposition. How how do you think Dill played yesterday? From from the like slight bits I've seen of the first half yesterday. I think he's very technically gifted, but he's scouse, so he's got that bit of like toughness about him. He's yeah. got a bit of grit and determination that <laughs> I always love players who play with that that's my ball, give me my ball attitude, like give me the ball back, I want that ball, give me it. And it seemed he was doing that last night at kinda of merciless level. I am just taking a few bodies. There was guys saying in the chat that they reckon it was Eddie Howe that subbed Kieran Dow rather than Michael Beale. Just a fears <laughs> for the squad season. And um, I think it kind of set the tone for the rest of the match because even into the second half, I was watching it and you were getting Raskin and Guimaraes having quite a bit of like, toes and throws. They were leaving one on each other. And yeah. Cantwell wiped out Anthony Gordon. So I think... Still just kind of set the tone of, I this might be a pre-season friendly, but I've been at this level before, I need to get back to it and show that. I think it comes back to that phrase Gerard said quite a lot, where he said we want to compete, but we've got to earn the right to compete. 
And I think that was just Gerard's way of saying, like, we're going to make this a battle and get into the game that way. Yeah, that, that's it. I said that he's a, he's, a, he's a great addition to the squad. I think as the season goes on, I think he'll be one that grows into it. But as you said, it was he was never shucked away from any challenges. I still think he's maybe just a wee, just gets sharp by a wee half yard. And I think he'll be a very, very good um, player in there and, and competition for your Jacks, your um, Lundstroms and the next player, um, Ross, which I'll tee you up for. I asked earlier on was um, who was the player that impressed everybody most and there's one name repeatedly that everybody's saying. Paul McGarrigal here says it's it's Raskin. He could be massive this season. Um, goals, BG says this is Ibrooks Raskin. Yefeko stood out by far. Um, Caroline as well here says Raskin, the best player for me. No wonder he gets called the pit bull. So hmm. he came on and he was he was very impressive. He was buzzing about, as, as Reese alluded to there. And again, I think this, apart from the goal, might have been one of my favourite moments of the, the match yesterday. It's a pre-season friendly. It's a bit of a late challenge. He puts uh, Gimarish on his backside and he doesn't even look at him. He, there's no apology, nothing. He just gets on with the game. And I, I love players like that. But you missed out on the opportunity yesterday, Ross. On you go. Tell us, tell us about how you felt about Nico Raskin. Well, it's funny because this is the first point of the season I get to say Raskan and everyone has a go at me for pronouncing his name <laughs> that way. I um yeah Nico Nico Raskan was great last night. Honestly I thought he was really good for for coming in not really having a, a preseason as of yet. I know he was away with the under 21s and I'm sure that keeps his fitness to a certain level. But to come in and, and play the way he did last night, I think I said in a podcast a couple of months ago about about Raskan about I think we viewed him when he came in as a kind of number six, someone that would sit in front of the back four and he would kind of dictate things. And then I said, well, he actually looks like someone that could play as a number eight. You know, he has the ability to burst forward. He can carry the ball, which is something I didn't really know he was he was great at. But see now, to be honest, I just think he's all round a complete midfielder. He's kind of a throwback in a way. He's just someone that could do everything for you. And Ryan Jack said something very interesting in this press conference last night that really those kind of midfield three need to be adaptable. They need to be able to play kind of any role that Michael Beale's looking for. And I think that's probably why Raskin's going to play most games because he can fill in on either of the three roles. Um, I just I just think he's got everything. You know, the, the ability to take the ball in the half turn, he can put a tackle in, he can drive the ball, he can find a splitting pass. I think he played one last night where he, he was on the right-hand side and he clipped it over to Fashion Sakala. Yeah. It's one of those passes where it's just pure awareness He's not actually really looked up to see where players are. He just understands where people are going to be in certain scenarios of a football game. So, yeah, I'm really, really impressed by him. I think this is an absolute snap from Rangers to get this boy for, I don't know, was it 1.2 million they ended up paying in January? I, get, I always say this, it's really good business to get him and Todd Campbell and they're, they're making a clear difference and they've brought yeah. the level of the squad up. You compare Raskan to, to Ryan Jack, who's been fantastic for us over the years, and it's not a detriment to Ryan Jack, but it does look like another level. And that's always what you're wanting to strive for in a squad. You want to incrementally up the level, and it looks like we've got that with Raskan. I think he's going to be terrific for us. I keep reading everywhere online, people saying, oh, he's not going to be here for long, he's going to move on. Let's just enjoy him when he's here, eh? Because we all understand that Rangers are a selling club these days, but he's only been in the door six months. Let's enjoy him. Let's go and win trophies this season with him. And if he ends up moving on because he's 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 made that much of an impact, that's good for both player and both clubs. So yeah, look, I'm really enjoying watching them, Kyle. I think we all are in the stadium that we've wanted a midfielder like this for a long time. Just someone yeah. that can can do everything. We've always had like a Ryan Jack um or a, or a John Lundstrom or a Glenn Kamara, guys that are really good in a specific skill set, but just can't seem to to adapt to certain positions or certain roles within the team. Raskan can do it all, uh, and I think that's why he's going to be a really, really important player for Michael Beal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, that, that's that exactly. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how he fares this season. I, I think he has the potential to be an absolute superstar, to be honest with you. As you said, 
let's enjoy him for, for what he is. And it's a player that we'd obviously identified a, a wee while ago, and, and I'm, I'm glad he's finally at Rangers. But what made that even more impressive for me is that he has had a much shorter break than than virtually everybody that was on that that pitch last night in a, in a blue jersey. And, and he looked like one of the fittest guys. He was still buzzing about. And, and as you said, it's that... It's that directness from midfield. We've been crying out for for something like that for a player like that for a while now, and, and I'm glad it seems that we finally filled that void. Um, but Reese, before we go on to, to talk about the Michael Beale presser, there's two final players that I want to talk about yesterday, and they're both uh, academy and B team graduates. Um, the first is Bailey Rice. Every time I watch this guy, I I just cannot believe that he's 16. He's another guy that just looked so composed, and, and as Ross said, he. He needs to be adaptable in that 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 midfield three, and and he certainly looks like a guy that that could fill that role. Do you see him being a, a bit more involved in this year in the in the future, or or, or do you think he's, he's he'll be development squad? And, and what do you think about Billy Rice in general? I think he'll go between both. I was extremely surprised, but it's one of those things you know, but you always think surely not. Like the the fact that he's still not turned seventeen yet, like it just it's crazy. But I, I think Ross is probably the guy's biggest fan. I think every time he's got a sniff about the squad, Ross is singing his praises, and rightly so. He's been great. Watched him in the... It was one of the cup finals that was televised. I can't remember which one it was, if it was at Hamden or Ibrox. But um, he's certainly very, very good for his age. Head's constantly on a swivel. He doesn't seem like too physically underdeveloped for his age either, which is obviously yeah. a very good sign for 16. I still, I'm very glad we got him in for Hamilton. Um, he's obviously one who's come through a different club academy up to the age of about 15, but we got him in at a right time so that he'll, I think he'll be club homegrown, which if I'm not mistaken, counts for something in the Champions League. So yep. it definitely fills a quota, but this might be a bit premature, right? But do you know, think there could be, or there's certainly potential for a similar career trajectory between Bailey Rice and Barry Ferguson. Is this, think is this... about it, positioning, haircut, the ages came through at, how good he looks for his age. There's possibilities there. No. Listen, he's no Stephen Davis. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, oh man, that's a bold shout. It's a bold shout. Did you two plan this about, about just... giving me the Barry Ferguson two barrels in this podcast? <laughs> it's just uh, something I think of every time I see him. I just look at him and go, it could be Barry Ferguson, you know? Yeah. As long as he doesn't start doing punditry, we'll be fine on you. Go, Ross, tell, tell us what you think about Bailey Rice. Oh, I mean, I think we're hoping for someone to come through that makes an impact like Barry Ferguson, so I'd love it to be Bailey Rice. <laughs> I, I agree a lot with what Reese has said there. I, I had the pleasure of being at Ibrox last season for the Glasgow Cup final. I don't think it was the one that was televised. I think it was the, the Youth Cup, Scottish Youth Cup, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. televised. And it was unbelievable that night. I, I mean, I, I think Celtic took like a, was it a 3-0 lead at halftime, a 3-1 lead. The Rangers weren't playing well defensively. They were all over the place, but Bailey Rice was so composed. I mean, this was 16. Again, he's probably, he's playing above, really. He's playing the B team. Everyone else is like maybe 18, 19, 16. He's the number six. He's demanding the ball at all times. Um, And what, what I really loved about Bailey Rice was the composure and possession is one thing, but his willingness to take a risk when it would when it made sense was there as well. That that's confidence in his ability, and he's only sixteen, and that that's the bit that always surprised me. It was the same last night when he came on. Uh, Raskam was the one that was sitting a wee bit deeper. Bailey Rice was playing on the left of the three, and he didn't look out of place at all. And I think that is the best compliment you can ever pay play. You can ever pay a young player is that they just don't look out of place as they go up the levels. That's always a great sign. Uh, and I think this boy's got it. Genuinely, I, I really do think he's got it. Whether he stays at Rangers long enough um, to make an impact in our first team, you never know, right? You know when players get out to a certain level in Scotland and the Premier League come looking, it's very difficult to keep hold of them, but he has certainly got the kind of core fundamentals of being a top-level footballer. I can see it. I think it's maybe, a, again, Reese's went early. He said Barry Ferguson. Billy Gilmore is a really easy one. I think we all seen Billy Gilmore coming through and we thought, wow, this boy's something different. 
he's really he's 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 a level above everyone else, and that's the way I look at Bailey Rice genuinely. And if you compare Bailey Rice to to Zach Lovelace, there's been a lot of hype about Zach Lovelace in the last year from someone on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that shows where Bailey Rice is ranking in the hierarchy right now. Zach Lovelace is still playing for the B team, and 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 look, he he's doing well for the B team. He's doing really well. I can't criticize yeah. him at all. But Bailey Rice has only been here for a year. And he's already in amongst the first team. He's already getting opportunities to play there. He played last season at Livingston. And I think at the time, everyone was like, wow, that's early on. And now in this yeah. preseason, he's getting more opportunities. I think he started the game in Germany, which is, an, I know it's a closed door game. It doesn't really matter. But again, it's such a it's such a confidence booster for a young player like that. And I really do think if you sat Michael Buell down and you spoke about Bailey Rice with him, I really do think he would praise him um, a lot. Yeah. You know, that this boy really does have what it takes. I think in terms of a technical point of view, the mentality is different. But just technically, when you watch him, yeah. I think he's got everything to make it, Kyle. Uh, and I'd love to see that at Rangers. Well, th- again, that's that exactly on, on his and uh, Bill's post-match, not the, not the press conference, but the post-match interview to RTD. He named Bailey Rice as he, he was glad yeah. that he was, these guys could come on. So, I mean, he's it's not the first time he's, he's singled them out in a, in a press conference. But look, guys, I promise you there's one last player I want to talk about because he was he surprised me yesterday when he came on. And Reese, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. It was, it was Johnny uh, Yefeko. Uh, got to admit, seen him a couple of times for the big team squad. He has never been a guy that's particularly stood out but he's always been competent um but it's he he really really impressed me yesterday so much so that i was like do we really need to be looking at a guy like panzo do we need to be bringing him in but it, it was his physicality his defending there was a couple of times where he stood up against i uh, is it isaac i think that's how you probably say it um it, it, he really really stood up against him well um but it, it was his passing and it was his distribution as well he took it in and he kept making this ball and he, he kept finding bailey rice very quickly, just straight into the middle of the pitch. Um, and I think guys like Raskin will, will, will absolutely thrive off of that pass. Um, you, you caught a bit of the second half yesterday. What did you make of Johnny Yefeko? Yeah, he looked very good. Um, very comfortable on the ball. I think for all, he, he stopped. He started getting through a few times, um, which kind of surprised me. Do you know that way? It's, it's almost a one-on-one at the back where he's chasing him down. And Isak's not a slow player. You've seen him be... <laughs> Like more established, better players in the Premier League for stuff like that, and he just kind of seemed to marshal them pretty well all the way back into the box and make sure Butland had it pretty easily. He done well up against them, as we said, looked very comfortable on the ball, constantly just kind of looking for that ball out, which I think is what most teams look for in their centre backs nowadays. And I think there will be more to come um, on why. I don't think we need Jonathan Panzo or another centre half for that matter. But Ifeco certainly looks decent for his age. It's you know, it's only a half a football really for him, but there was definitely signs of there's potential there. Yeah. There's room for growth there and possibly whether or not he makes it at Rangers, there's certainly talent in the body suggest he's going to have a career of it. Although he did get stood up for that ball in for the second goal. I think, he, but that's, that's, again, it's a friendly. You're playing against a guy who you're probably looking at, and I, I don't know the age of Johnny Efeko, but he's probably looked at him and went, oh, "I've seen you on TV." Balls and he's got the header. Like, I think of, was it was it uh, Alexander uh, yeah. Isaac that stood him up as well? Yeah, I mean, sixty million, and we've seen we've seen that goal that Alexander Isaac scored at Goodison Park earlier this season, where he dribbled past everyone and hit the byline. You know, it's. I wouldn't hold that against him too much. I know you're not saying Definitely. that, but yeah, it does show the contrast. Yeah, and 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 there will be plenty of people in the crowd last night that went, ah, yeah, I didn't defend that. That's well, nah, he's not got it, which is extremely harsh. Listen, uh, it's funny. Like I, my dad phoned me after the game. He's like, oh, did you see it? Blah blah. And he's like, oh, what about that boy at the back? And it usually takes something pretty significant for my dad to like single out players. He's usually just one of these guys that's. <laughs> During the winter, he's saying to me, Are any of your pals no fancy coming here and that? But um, he phoned me last night and Efeco was definitely somebody that stood out for him as well. And I, as Ross said, a £60 million player standing up in what's probably a less fallible situation than ones we've seen him do to Premier League players down south. Then there's absolutely no uh, 
there's no reason for grumbling from me. That that's that as as I said, it, it, it's not for Isak's been doing that for fun against much better defenders in the Premier League. I think it was there, there was a couple of goals that he scored last season from that he scored from from almost an identical position where he where he and it was a it was a beautiful ball that he dinked in. But um, yeah, look, that's <laughs> fifty two minutes and that's us just stopped uh, stop talking about the the Newcastle game. So so there we go. I'm going to move on to the press conference here. Uh, there was a couple of things that I, I was planning talking about, but I think the thing I, I'll, I'll talk. Um, to you just now about Ross as one of my favourite subjects, Scott Wright. Um, um, on the matter, uh, obviously you were there yesterday. You they heard Bill saying this uh, this summer. Scotty's had one of one or two inquiries. I think Scott's at an age where he wants to go and play regularly. I can't guarantee that, and he'll have to fight for his minutes here like everybody else. I'm not willing to guarantee anybody that they're going to play, and I think that he's at an age where he's good enough to play, and he probably feels that he spent a lot of time here trying to get into the team. So we're off tomorrow. It's a rest day. So it gives him a chance to go and speak to one or two people and make some decisions for himself. But there's nothing that's guaranteed on that one. And then fast forward to this morning and he's getting interviewed by, by Sky Sports in, in Glasgow Airport. Um, I can't remember the name of the of the, the Turkish team that he's going to off the top of my head, but that very much looks like that, that one's done and dusted if, if both sides have agreed um, terms. I think it's Pendixpor. Which uh, I think they've just, they've maybe just been promoted to the top flight in Turkey. I think they might have some money behind them. I think that's what I was reading the other day. Um, I think their stadium's 3,000 capacity. So that'll be a bit different for Scott Wright. Um, I may be wrong on that. Someone can maybe let me know. Um, that's just what I was reading on Twitter and things the other day. Yeah, Scott Wright, uh, I think he gets more criticism than he deserves. Uh, I think we've always known with Scott Wright that he's probably never going to be a player that you rely on week in, week out. And I think we all knew that when we signed him. I don't I don't think there was anyone ever looking at Scott Wright from Aberdeen as being the guy that's going to take Rangers to the next level. Um, I think there's been certain situations where we've used him quite well. Um, we've brought him into games where it's maybe stretched and he's been able to carry us up the park. Scored, that, scored an important goal in the Scottish Cup final, started the Europa League final. You know, he's played in, in big games for us. But ultimately, he's not good enough, right? And I, I, I quite like Scott Wright. I think he's... I think he does genuinely have some sort of ability in there. I just don't think he's maybe at our level. Um, but that that is what it is. It's, it's just not good enough for Rangers. Um, and I always think that credit should be given to to players that are maybe in a situation like this with Scott Wright. It could be it's very easy for him to sit at Rangers. I'm sure he's on a pretty decent contract and he could sit and enjoy the moment. I think he maybe has two years left on his deal, but he wants to go and play. You know, and he was talking in that interview about aspirations of playing for Scotland and things like that. That, and that's what it's all about being a footballer. You want to play at the highest level possible. And Michael Beale's been honest with him and told him that I can't guarantee you the minutes. And it, and it's very similar conversation that I think Michael Beale had with Scott Arfield. There's a lot of people that wanted Scott Arfield to stay, but Arfield didn't want to stay and be a bit part player. He wanted to go and play football. And I always think that that players that do that deserve credit. So, yeah, fair play to Scott Wright. Uh, he's played in a lot of big games for us, maybe not up to the level we need. And I think that shows that we're progressing as a club that really we don't really have space for these type of players anymore. So, look, wish him all the best. It's probably one of those moves where he goes, he plays for a year, and you'll probably see him back in the SPFL in a year after he's maybe made a wee bit of money over there. So, yeah. never, I, I'm not, I never think these moves are you know for the for the long term. I, I, I'll, he'll, he'll be back here within a year or two. I'm, I'm telling you. So, yeah, good luck to him and. Yeah, wish him all the best. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I said that it's, I've, I think it's well known on here that I've never been fully convinced about about Scott Wright, but he's he's been he's always a kind of nearly player. Like he looks like he he, he has it in drips and drabs, but he just he just doesn't do it enough. I mean, obviously we've had a, a couple of big goals and and Scottish Cup finals and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's about time. Um, but look. One of the last talking points of the pod, I'll come on to you, Reese here, and it was uh, Michael Buell was asked yesterday about injury updates, um, and there was quite a few. Again, every time he seems to talk about injury updates, um, uh, like uh, I'm always just expecting about something negative, but again, it's been another positive one. He says, Leon King got the injury when we were away in Germany. It's not as bad as first feared, so we think he'll be back for in four or five weeks. Back playing, that is, with training maybe four weeks or so, which given that I think we all just assumed by the language that was coming out there, it was a break or, or a fracture or something like that. We've had the best case scenario. We went to scan it immediately to see if there was a break. There wasn't. We've rescanned it, and 
it's the better news for us. So I'm delighted with that. Tom Lawrence returned to training the day we got back from Germany. So he trained with the team on Sunday. Tonight was too soon. And obviously the amount of time he's been out. Kamar trained from the mid part of being in Germany and he looks in good shape. And Cyril was late arriving. So he's slightly behind everybody else, hence not involved tonight. Connor Goldson is still scheduled till the end of the month. So he'll make a start at the end of the season if all goes to plan. And young Adam Devine in the game in Germany on Friday just felt a slight problem his knee. So he didn't want to take a risk. Dujon will return to full training as well. I believe he'll be in before the weekend or the start of the week next. Um, what do you make of quite a, a positive injury news, um, especially regarding Leon King? Um, that's that's massive because I, I thought that he would be out for the whole season by the sounds of it. Yeah, so did I. It was one of those, as I was reading the quotes, like if Ross and Craig were reporting for Ibrox, I was getting notifications through of the quotes and do you know that way you're reading it and it says 45 and I'm expecting the same months because even that would have been shorter than what we initially thought and for it to be 45 weeks I was looking at it going I was like double taking it going 45 weeks what a result that's um, can I bring into question although for how long I'm assuming he's been around in the very very short time gap between King's injury and the signing can I bring the Balogun signing into question done it it's a lot of supporters, I think, would have recognised the Balogun signing as, well, King's out, so it's a good stopgap. I don't think, for like, having thought about how quickly the two happened, Bill's not made that decision in, like, an hour and decided to do it. So I don't think that was the case, but it's certainly less needed and less likely that he'll feature as heavily, I think, especially if King's back in, say, two months' time, back to kind of full speed. But it's one of those seasons for Leon King where I think, pretty similar to Alex Lowry, it's make or break this season for him at Rangers. I think there's been a lot of talk of he needs a loan the same way Lowry has. Um, he guarantee himself minutes and development. So it'll be interesting to see how we go with Leon King this season. But mm. certainly like hugely positive for him not to be missing a season of football. And especially if he's going to be doing it for us and we're going to need a big squad. So... I have absolutely no qualms with the injury report. I think Tom Lawrence won't be patient with coming back. He's been out for quite a while. Ruth, I don't know. It's a bit of a ticking time bomb. I think I'm just conditioned to think that Ruth's only a few days away from another injury. But Leon King, certainly massive news. Yes, it's a good one. I said that I'm quite positive, but... Um... Doc Waller back in and he's already making things better already. So uh, there we go. That's my, yeah. my um, if you've got your This Is Ibrox bingo cards out, that's Doc, my Doc Waller. You can tick that off on it as well there. Um, but Ross, I'll give you the final word in, in terms of the injuries. And look, some of these guys, Cyril Dessers, I'm actually looking forward to seeing him playing against Hamburg. It, it sounded like that. We might even see Tom Lawrence in there as well. Um, and we might even see Kamar Roof, a, a totally different front three. On that, what have you make of the injury use? And secondly, do you think that we will see a, a, a different formation, a, a different front three in the game versus Hamburg at the weekend? Well, I think it's funny because you go back a year ago and all the injury news every single week was negative. We were all dreading it. Yeah. Um, the, the last couple of months after Michael Beal, for the most part, has been pretty positive. Even when people have picked up an injury, it seems that they're, they're going to be back quicker than we thought. Um, so that's really good. It's good to actually get some positive news regarding injuries. I have to be honest, when I was sitting, uh, listening to Michael Beale last night doing his press conference, lucky enough to to cover the game for us last night, he mentioned Tom Lawrence be, potentially being available for the weekend and my mind just went, you know, it was like, <laughs> you know, like, like rainbows and everything like that because I did not expect to hear that. Tom Lawrence has been out that long. I would expect him to be eased back in. I think he was saying that Tom Lawrence is basically desperate to play. He wants to be to involved again. I'm sure he's not going to like start a game, right? I'm sure he'll get like maybe 25 minutes, 20 minutes at the end of one of these preseason games. But that's really, really positive. Tom Lawrence is someone that made a really big impact for us early on last season. It's so unfortunate that he got that injury because he was really starting to become one of the guys you looked upon week in, week out as making a difference. And I think, again, like I spoke about Raskan earlier, he was different to what we had. He was very, like that kind of, he's a, he's, a, he's a number 10 or a forward player, but very different skill set to what we had. You know, it was someone that was a bit, a bit raw, 
willing to take shots from distance, willing to carry the ball, willing to get involved physically. So I'm, I, I was buzzing to hear him back. The same, the, the same feeling I got with Leon King as well, because I agree with a lot of what Reese said. I think it's going to be very difficult for Leon King to break into this team. And obviously Leon Balogun coming in is, you know, is cover for him. But of course, back in the training pitch within the next couple of months, trying to break in, right? And if and and if he can't, then maybe January is the when he goes out and he gets alone. You don't want any young player losing a considerable amount of time to injuries when they're younger. You want them to get the majority of well as as most game time as possible. So it's really good to hear Leon King back. Came our roof, like Reese said. I I'm very much the same opinion. I don't really know how to take that one. Um, I think it's just if I see him, great. Um, let's hope that he can make an impact this season. I'm not convinced. I don't think anyone's convinced by that. I think we all know how good a, a player came out roof is. I, there's no point in me going into that, but we'll just have to wait and see. And, uh, and yeah, as for the front three, I actually think Sima and Lammers will be in every front three in pre-season. I think he'll really want to get them as many minutes as possible going into these Champions League qualifiers. And then he's going to maybe throw a Dessers or the Dilo and things like that, and Sakala and that thing in there to to supplement these guys. But I think he's looking at these two as being two of the three that are fit right now. So he wants them to be at peak when they go into these qualifiers. So I think the two of these guys will play. They'll get considerable minutes. But look, we have lots of options. Um, we've not even mentioned about Yanis Hadji playing a wee bit deeper last night and, and really looking good in that role. So there's yeah. a lot of options in that squad for Rangers. Of course, they're going to have to move guys out like Glenn Kamara and things like that as well. So there's a lot more to come, uh, but it's all positive right now, Kyle, and especially on the injury front, which is a very strange thing to say when it comes to Rangers. Yeah, that's it. As I said, it's given how last season finished and 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 how it started, and 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 well, in fact, just the whole bloody season. To be honest with you, it's it's nice to have something to be positive about. So we've got you know people coming back to the club and. And, and new signings and yesterday all things seem to be pointing to you know a, a good season so so hopefully hopefully that is the case but look that's us gone well over the hour as you said Ross there, there's, there's a million more things that we could, we could have talked about in this pod but I think we've given it a good go tonight but um just want to say thanks thanks to both you guys so thanks very much Reese, for joining us tonight cheers mate enjoyed that always a pleasure fantastic and thanks to yourself as well Ross yeah, pleasure, mate. I feel like I've spoken about Rangers far too much the last couple of days, so maybe take a wee break now for myself uh, and, yeah, use the pre-season to recover. But, yeah, ready to go for this season, and, yeah, it's always a pleasure to be on. Thank you. That's it. There's there's no such thing as talking about Rangers too much uh, there, Ross. But, um, look, just want to say thanks, everybody, for watching, viewing, listening. Um, we will be back on Saturday, probably around about six, half past six, there, thereabouts, with a wee post match reaction to the Hamburg friendly. Hopefully, we'll get to see some of the new guys. I'm really looking forward to seeing Cyril Dessers in particular. Um, but just want to say thanks everybody for watching, and we'll see you all soon. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.